0: Wonder about the future and how you'll be working and learning? Welcome to You You. in 2042, The Future of Work, with your host, Danielle Wallace.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of You in 2042, The Future of Work. Joining me today is Kevin.
0: Yes, hi. It's a pleasure to be back again, speaking with you, Danielle. Uh, I'm the co-author of a book, The Future Workplace Experience, a book that articulates the trends reshaping the future of learning and working. And I spend my time advising clients and strategizing on how to engage employees and retain employees in this ever-changing workplace and workforce environments that we're dealing with.
1: And within that ever-changing work environment, we've seen in some of our past podcasts, you've touched upon this idea of hybrid work with employees wanting to choose. And you've also spoken about how values become so paramount. But I can imagine the future workplace is no different than now without any type of leader intervention. And I can see that now people aren't, coming into work when they have a choice and then maybe they're missing the collaboration and celebrations that you spoke to. So what's happening here? Why isn't this quite working the way that you had espoused in the past podcast as this ideal path?
0: Well, I think another uh, theme that organizations have no, are now highlighting is the notion of helping people belong. And we show up where we feel we're welcome, where we feel there's people like us, where we feel there's people who understand us, etc. cetera. So uh, one of the trends I see is the notion of belonging being a combination of diversity plus equity plus inclusion equals belonging. And diversity is, look, do I see people like me who have had my life experiences being successful in in work right i need to have have people like me surfaced and exposed Um, equity is uh, do i feel that people like me can participate as equally or as fairly as as other people in what it takes to be successful around here and inclusion is slightly different is am i included in all the activities that matter around here, uh, one of the activities that matters most is actually who you choose to dine with, and the simple act of join us at our table. We've had that since high school, right? It's the ultimate in belonging, from when we're programmed as as preteens almost, and it's it's I to me. In, inclusion, uh, that inclusion comes down to who do you dine with? Not who do you meet with, but who do you invite for lunch? Who do you invite for coffee? In, in America in particular, uh, uh, Americans, when when visitors, when, when people visit from, from other offices, we often try to dine with people at, at a shared space, a third party space, a restaurant space. And we rarely, um, down in the US here, bring people to our homes and there's nothing that is as bonding as bringing people to your home or even just bringing them to lunch or dinner and dining with them and that to me is the ultimate of inclusion
1: wow you raised some really useful insights i had not thought of belonging being the amalgamation of those aspects But I challenge many of our listeners to think about when they have brought into their home, um, who those people are to dine with and who have not been. And that truly is that great yardstick of belonging. And as you're saying, Kevin, people are looking for belonging. What is the impact of this?
0: Well, I think the impact of belonging uh, and people talk about when they find their tribe they will be productive they will be engaged they will stay longer and uh, one of the the larger narratives or the concerning narratives is um and there's a, a Gallup question which i think is a solid classic core question is do i have a best friend at work and part of belonging is is there somebody that you can just talk to and um, just hang with and let, let them know how you feel. And that the, the Gallup poll is indicating that fewer and fewer people have a best friend at work. And separate studies are indicating that in environments where there's fewer people with best friends at work, uh, turnover tends to increase. So a, a practical tip for managers, and I'm not suggesting that managers be friends with employees, but part of friendship is showing concern and listening. And there's three questions I would advocate for any manager to ask in between some of those operational meetings that you hold uh, that are task-oriented. And the first question is, how are you? And listen. And the second question is, How are we? And listen. And the third question is, how am I? And and just articulate and share a little bit about how you're feeling. And so if it's just an interaction where we don't discuss anything about moving our projects of the day ahead, and we just use that interaction to deepen a connection and a relationship with somebody that we're working with or who's working for us or who we're working for, then that would absolutely enhance a feeling of being heard, of being understood, and the beginnings of um, colleagueship and potential friendship at work.
1: I think we've all got some good action steps here. Wow. The amount of vulnerability that shows to ask, how are you, how are we, how am I, and share, whoa. And that dovetails well within what people can do to foster that environment of belonging, even if it was a hybrid environment or a remote environment, as we spoke about in prior podcasts. I can see there would be that decrease in is there a best friend at work question but this is such a practical yet scary way to well, foster that
0: is it it's scary but it's bold it's genuine I mean remember during the pandemic we saw people with dogs their and dogs and children and spouses wandering around and it's just it was chaos back in the in our zoom backgrounds and team backgrounds of people's homes and we just want to be careful that look we saw people coming as they were and being who they were, and we learned things about who they were uh, in relationships with and who was around them in their lives. And we want to be very careful now as we enter 2023 that we don't go back to, we won't ask about our homes or have visibility to our homes, or not uh, checking in on how things are at home or in our neighborhoods. And, and it's just what takes place. Our relationship is bounded within these four walls again. And that was, uh, it's like a, a night we sometimes regretted in our earlier years. It's a night we won't talk about in the morning. Let's not do that post-pandemic with each other. Like we saw the, the broader humans that we were during the pandemic. Let's not forget what we learned about each other Um, as we return uh, to to work in 2023 in person.
1: So with that, that forms some of the practical tips that leaders can take. What else can leaders do, or how can leaders embrace that idea, or maybe with their coworkers, embrace their idea of even dining with and who you're dining with? What what are things that we can do? Well, let's...
0: Categorize this as being softer leaders. That's so that what we can do is just be softer. And as we see a situation, um, leadership is a tool bag. And we have a lot of different tools that we can roll out for different circum- circumstances, conflict mitigation, meeting management, etc. As leaders, we have a lot of tools. And one of the trends that I'm seeing is that softer tools need to show up as we come back and re-engage with employees post-pandemic. People have been through a lot and softer leadership requires more asking and more listening and less telling and less suggesting and, any, uh, and helping people feel understood. And there's many organizations who, and I challenge our listeners to ask, when's the last time they were invited to participate in an employee um, attitude survey? And many organizations are avoiding surveying their base right now because they feel like they're in transition. And people aren't being asked and people feel they aren't being heard, especially as policies are coming down. Uh, about return to work or for other policies, email practices, et cetera, that did not follow any sense of survey, i.e., as an employee, I don't remember being asked about that. It doesn't mean you have to do something about my answer. And I think the old, older practices, older leaders believe that I don't want to ask because I, it means I have to do something about what I hear. And the newer, softer, more confident leadership is, ask. You, you don't have to do anything about what you hear, but you do have to hear.
1: So the asking aspect of it, which runs through is so much of what you say, asking, listening, hearing it. From there, that helps you inform your decisions. As well. And all of this becomes different tools in our toolkit to help us create the culture that retains employees, but also importantly, this culture of belonging where people can be the best selves and really bring their best efforts to the Kevin, where can people find out more
0: information
1: about you and your book?
0: Well, you can find me on LinkedIn. and invite anybody to connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh... Just under my name, Kevin Mulcahy, M-U-L-C-A-H-Y. And the book, The Future Workplace Experience, is available on most online booksellers. And my domain is KevinMulcahy.com. Amazing.
1: Thank you so much for these great insights, practical tips, and really reframing how we're doing things. With practical steps, we can all apply them. Thank you so much.